The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Financial advisor Warren Ingram, director at Galileo Capital, with us to share his wisdom in this month running up to uh, the conclusion of the 2022 tax season, which comes to an end at the end of February. A couple of things you've got to do before then, Warren, and amongst them is to fill in a tax return. And in that tax return, you need to state just how much money you've contributed to various things that allow you a tax deduction. Explain, please. Yeah, so so Bruce, we, um, we the the government gives us uh, very few tax breaks nowadays, where we where we can uh, you know get something back for for investing in, in ourselves and in our future, and 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 two of those that I think are really exciting uh, and and definitely things we should take advantage of is the the tax free savings account and and then contributing to a retirement fund. So just quickly to explain the process between the two, and then I'll, I'll get, go into a little bit of detail, but. But we're allowed to make certain contributions to those two investments um, right up until the end of, of February every year. That that's when the, the kind of the tax year closes, uh, and and then the new tax year starts in the beginning of March. And somewhere around July, most of us will have to submit our tax returns to to our beloved receiver of revenue, and 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 then we go from there. But in the meantime, if, if for example, looking at the tax resaving, we're allowed to invest up to 36,000 Rand a year in a tax-free saving account. And, and that's, you know, to me, complete no-brainer investment for, for people because uh, we, we have no um, restrictions on that money. We, we, everything that goes into that investment grows completely unfettered by tax. You pay no income tax, no dividends tax, no capital gains tax when you sell one day. Um, and, and so, you know, when you're getting a complete tax-free investment, uh, and the government's actually allowing you to do it. You, you really should be using that to your advantage, you know, because uh, the, the the growth in that as you as you go over your lifetime, you, you're only allowed to put in you know five hundred thousand rand over your entire life, and uh, as I say, thirty six thousand rand a year. But the longer you leave that to grow in your favour, uh, the, the better that investment will be for you later in life. And I think it's it's a critical investment for for a lot of a lot of people. And I think uh, unfortunately not one that that everyone is focusing on. So. So for me, biggest kind of you know tip of the of the of the month would be if you haven't done your tax free savings and you've got the money available, please do it because you know you can choose a huge range of investments inside that tax free. You know anything from you know global shares, South African shares. You can buy exchange traded funds. You can buy unit trusts. Uh, the, the only thing I would say is please you know I, I know it's called a tax free savings account, but please don't put the money into a money market account or a fixed deposit. Really lousy idea because those aren't going to grow that much, uh, and and so all the compound growth of your money making money babies in the future is just not going to work in your favour if that's what you use for your tax free savings account. Are you allowed? And because this is after tax money, right? This isn't you don't get you don't get any tax you don't get any tax deduction now um, for putting money in. This is money you've paid all your taxes. You've got you it's extra thirty six thousand rand. You may be quite wealthy. You may have seventy two thousand rand. Or you may have 144,000 Rand and you may have four members in your family. Can you put 36,000 Rand each into four different um, tax free savings accounts in four different people's names? Um, is that possible? It is possible. And I think it's an absolutely brilliant idea. You know, I think, uh, you know, starting a tax free savings accounts for, for young children is just, I mean, one of the very best gifts you could give them because. 
it will take you know somewhere between 15 to 16 years to use up that 500,000 rand uh, li lifetime capacity. So if you start when your child is very young, you know, uh, basically when they're born, that, that means by the time they're 16, uh, they've got 500,000 rand invested at least, and and you know, by the time let's say they're 30. Uh, th that money should be in, in the millions of rands already. And, and to me, I mean, what a fantastic give, gift to give someone, you know, the ability to kind of move forward. I, I know what you're going to tell me now, which is, well, what happens when they turn 18 years in one day? You know, can't they go and blow the money? Only uh, if they know about uh, it. Only if they have the first idea that it's there. Yeah, that's true. But unfortunately, uh, you know, our system does does um, stipulate that once once a child becomes an, an adult, you know, legally um, at age eighteen, they, they will know about it. They will have to, um, you know, take over the signing power, etc., of the investment. So, you know, I mean, key point here is use this as an education exercise for them as well, and and teaching them about you know the value of investing and, and letting the money grow. But but absolutely, Bruce. I mean, I think it's a brilliant thing. You know, every member of the family should do it. Uh, about the only person, you know, or, or, or let's say group of, of, of people that shouldn't do this or, or wouldn't have to worry about it too much are, are those, you know, in their, in their late 80s um, you know, that, you know, might not have that long to go in terms of life expectancy and, and are probably getting much bigger tax rebates on, you know, from SARS just because of their age. But, but for everybody else, you know, and you've got time on your side, this is just, please, it's a no-brainer. You've got to do it. And understand and get some advice on this because there is a universe of investment options open to you, um, and it's and it needs to be a, 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 a the universe needs to be very share heavy. I would argue, uh, and with a substantial, if not complete, portion um, offshore. I wouldn't argue with your argument. I think it's a great argument, mm. in fact. So, uh, so, so you have to have a bias to growth assets. And, and the biggest growth assets for, for most private investors, if you're looking at these tax-free savings accounts, will be stock markets. And, and so, you know, at the very least, you, you know, maybe go 50% South African, uh, you know, shares and 50% global shares or go 100% or go global shares. Uh, but, but absolutely, you, you, sh you shouldn't be in very low risk, low growth investments at all in this. This, this is about high, high growth over long periods of time. The only thing you need to know, the only caveat, the only real a kind of problem with this is it's not your holiday fund or your home deposit fund because once you draw money out of a tax-free savings account, you lose that capacity. So if you've got 200,000 rand in your tax-free savings and you draw out 100,000, then then you'll only be able to contribute up to 400,000 rand over your lifetime because you've now used, used and lost the capacity of, of, of that fund. So so it is a long-term saving. It's not, not short-term. But beyond that, brilliant investment. I've heard an argument and I have shot it down in flames, and I hope I was right to do so, that you shouldn't be investing on behalf of your children in their tax-free savings accounts because you remove their right to do so for themselves at some point in the future. And I look at it and I go, hold on a second. Now, you're offering you know, an 80, a, a child when they're born 18 years of compound growth, and you're saying don't do that for them? I think you're completely and utterly nuts. Is there any reason at all? <laughs> uh, is there a reason no. I'm missing here? Uh 
I've also heard that argument and I really did, you know, it's one of those things when you hear something, you have to stop and think and just say, hang on, maybe I'm really missing something, you know, that's hitting me on the top mm. of my forehead. But, but, but the truth is you can change the underlying investments of a tax fee. So, you know, I mean, the, the, the child, you know, once they turn 18, they might decide that they want, you know, only global tech shares in their, you know, in their tax fee. And, and that's a matter of switching what they own. But I mean, I, I can't think of, of any real downside to giving someone a, a, an investment like that, uh, you know, over the 18-year period, as you say, and I can only see upsides. So, I mean, it's a silly argument as far as I'm concerned, and I'm sure someone will now write us a rude message to tell us what we've missed, but I can't see anything, and I have, have actually applied my mind to it. And I think, you know, mm -hmm. if I'm a parent, uh, I'm, I'm doing this as fast as I possibly can for my kids. Um, this feeds into our question. I'll come back to retirement fund contributions in just a moment. Um, Grandma Jen, I, I want to be adopted by Grandma Jen. Um, she's 74, 75. She has four lovely grandchildren and she wants to give them some money. Uh, she wants it to have a positive impact, but she doesn't want to spoil them. She wants them to learn the important money lessons like saving and investing. Now, just invest the money and let them inherit in my will. But how do I teach them about money investing if the money is in my name? Can I invest the money in their names? And is that a good idea? Would it be wise to use money to pay for their education now and not let them wait to inherit? I might live for a long time. I mean, she's certainly got her, her faculties in order. She's thinking, I think she may live for a long time. Um, I, I would think that Grandma Jen's best course of action here would be to be doing tax-free savings accounts and saying, you know, parents, you had the children, you educate them. And when they turn 18 and they want to go and do expensive studies somewhere, well, then they may have a little nest egg to use one day and they can thank Grandma Jen. That's my view. Yours? Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right, Bruce. And I think the only thing I'd say to, to Grandma Jen is to just talk to the parents first just to check that, uh, that, that everyone's on the same page. I, I can't see that they would be unhappy with that as well. Uh, but it might just be that they've already started to do the contributions to tax-free savings accounts for the kids as well. And, and so it's just a case of making sure that you don't over-contribute in their names because that carries a huge penalty on, on over-contributions. But, but if that's not the case, then, then, then certainly that's a brilliant gift from a, from a grandmother to, to her grandkids uh, and, and for exactly the reasons we've just discussed. So, so absolutely, I think it's a, a brilliant idea. I certainly would make it part of their financial education. So she must talk to them about it as they go along, uh, her and, and their parents, you know, just that, that everyone has an idea of what's going on and it becomes part of the, the child's financial education, not just you know, a whack of money that gets given to them as a surprise when they turn 18 and they've got no idea about how investments and money works. No, exactly right. So, uh, and and the tax free savings account, I think, is is the best thing. And um, and do the same for everybody. Whatever it is that you do for one, make sure you do it for all of them, um, just so that you don't get any sort of annoyance later on. Um, you know, and it's I suppose a bit difficult, and you can maybe get. Uh, somebody with an actuarial bent or at least an accounting bent to help you on this so that you get the proportions right. Um, because, you know, one of the kids could be eight, another could be six, there could be a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Um, you know, and if you're going to be popping money in over a period of time, you want to ensure that, you know, you give the same benefit in numerical terms to each one of those children. Well, it's it's that that's true if you want to be fair. Um, and, and, and you <laughs> Well, one, one tries to be. <laughs> <laughs> she she might feel that one or two of the kids are rather spoilt and and maybe you know if, if they're 
two sets of parents in the in the mix, you know, one set are financially well off and the other aren't, then she might want to just bias bias the contributions to 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 help the kids that are maybe not in such a good financial position. So so I think it's it's a it is a real tough decision for a lot of grandparents because they always want to help as much as they can. Uh, and and so you know there isn't a, a one right way in this priest. I think you know so sometimes you know families that are in a better position might feel you know that things are a little bit unfair. But uh, but at the same time, the families that are struggling, I, I, I'm sure would would really appreciate you know the, the help that their their kids would get in, in a situation like this. So yeah, uh, I think fairness is good, but but it's always worth a conversation with, with both you know all all sets of parents involved. Okay, very good. Let's get uh, Grandma, Grandma Jen, thank you for your question very much indeed. Um, the next question goes back to retirement funds and retirement contributions. And this is um, this idea of your pension fund, your provident fund, your retirement annuity. Now, you come to the end of the tax year um, and you get given a, a, a wad of cash by government and it says, we don't want to have to look after you one day when you're old. We'd like you to do it yourself. So we're going to allow you to deduct the amount of money that you put into your um, a pension fund um, off your tax off your tax return it's a nice and generous gesture and it, I think it it works fairly well it, it does work fairly well your retirement funds in South Africa are really well regulated you know in the main and and certainly you know the the, the private uh, investments like a, a, an individuals RA that's you know done done via an investment company can often be extremely low cost you know very transparent uh, and, and you know the, the growth within those, um, you, you know, often uh, you know not kind of eroded by fees. And so I think it's important to just to remember a couple of things about uh, about retirement funds. One, that all the growth inside a retirement fund um, is also not taxed. So once you've put your money in uh, to that investment, it doesn't attract any tax until you decide to draw money out one day. And then you will pay tax, but only on the amount of money that you've drawn out, and that will be at your income tax rate. But before then, when you're making a contribution, SARS is allowing you to, to contribute up to 27.5% of um, everything that you earn that attracts tax. So if you earn a taxable salary or you earn rent or you earn interest, 27.5% of that can be contributed to a retirement fund and you will get a big tax deduction for that. The only thing to note is that for the big earners, um, your, your, your limit is 350,000 Rand a year. Um, th- that's the maximum you can earn and get a, get a tax deduction. So, so I, I mean, I like retirement funds. I think they're very good. What I don't like are the, are the retirement funds that are extremely expensive, where you get charged big upfront fees. And, you know, the, the product providers give you a contractual obligation that doesn't allow you to move from one company to another. That, that's where retirement funds, especially RAs, get a, a really bad rap. Uh, so make sure that, you know, if you're choosing one, that, that it's in a, in a low-cost uh, um, RA that's provided by an investment company. They don't charge you upfront fees and they allow you to move from one company to another. I, I think a, a brilliant idea. The one big uh, critique from, from people about retirement funds is that you, you have this restriction that you can't really access the money until age 55 if it's an RA or a pension fund. Or if, you, if it's a provident fund, yes, you can access the money, but you're going to pay a massive income tax uh, on, on taking the money out before retirement. I agree with those critiques. They, they are valid. Uh, but, but the point is, if you do the sums, um, and, and I've done them many times over the years, leaving the money in and, and let it uh, compound in your favor and with, with low costs, it's extremely hard to beat that retirement fund uh, um, investment because you are getting the tax breaks. And especially if you then get a big refund from SARS for making these big uh, you know, tax contributions to your RA and you invest that refund as well, 
you, you, you really are going to struggle to find an investment over a 20 or 30 year period that will beat that, irrespective of the fact that, you know, they, they limit how much we can put into cash, shares, bonds, property and, and offshore, etc. All of those things uh, are, are limitations, but it's still a tough thing to beat. So, so I do think it's a great call to make. There is a school of thought, though, Warren, that says, nope, you don't want to tie your money into a pension fund. You don't want to retire it into retirement savings. Rather pay the tax and then you have the freedom to do with that money as you please because um, provided you don't take out more than a million rand a year as part of your offshore allowance or you can do it with investable assets of up to 10 million rand, that's all fine too, but it's better for you to have the freedom to do as you please with that money and you know, the, the, ta- the, the tax benefits be damned. Um, the freedom is more valuable than the tax benefit um, and there is a school of thought around that as well. Fair point. I, I, I mean, I think for me, it's, it's often about understanding the numbers and and the the decision you're making. So, that what's the cost of that of that freedom that you that you're looking for? And and so, I, I can't find a numbers calculation that works uh, in favor of that freedom. However, for, for people that are really desperately worried about you know the future of the country and and might be considering immigrating, etc., I, I get the point that they might want to 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 stop contributing altogether to a retirement fund. Uh, and and then those that you know were really worried about prescribed assets and you know the, the potential for government nationalising retirement funds and the like. I'm, I'm hoping that that whole thing is put to bed. That whole debate is is over. But but I could see the the, the, the validity in that argument. So so if 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 you are somewhat worried about that, then then my argument would be do do a balance. You know don't be all or nothing. You know so in other words, if you're allowed to do 27 and a half percent, maybe then only do 10 or 15 percent into a retirement fund. Get the tax breaks, you know. Get, um, get the contributions and 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 then the rebates from SARS. Let, let that capital grow in your favour, and then invest a greater amount, you know, offshore, whatever it is that you want to do with, with with your discretionary money, where you've got the freedom. But but I think to be all or nothing when you make investment decisions is often a really big mistake that a lot of people make, and and especially okay. if you're making it based on predictions. No, exactly right. Warren, um, usually I give you a, a, a word of the day and I ask you the meaning of a word. I've got a, a nice one. It needs quite a lot of explanation and I've run out of time. But I think we've had a very valuable conversation this evening and I thank you for that. Um, but let's say I'm going to save my word for next week uh, because I want to catch you out then. Let's do that. Uh, Warren Ingram, thank you. He is an executive director at Galileo Capital. He is a personal financial advisor, and he is the guy who joins us from half past seven on a Thursday night to demystify the often complicated and intimidating world of personal finance.